It's football season. Time for the Gridiron Breakdown. Your hosts, RJ. Well, when was the last time 80,000 people showed up to see a kid doing chemistry experiment? Alan. You play football like Engineero played football. Let's get to the breakdown. It's time for the Gridiron Breakdown, the football podcast for the fans, by the fans. I'm Jay, and alongside me tonight, co-founder of the Gridiron Breakdown, Professor Emeritus of the Long Shot Call, Alan. What's up, my man? Not much, Jay. It is great to be back. It is great to do in the Gridiron Breakdown. It is our annual return to football. I mean, we've been doing this for all, going on 12 years. Somehow we've kept it going. Man, I'm excited for this year's format. I am too, man. We're doing something a little different this year rather than, you know, breaking down games piece by piece together and stuff. We're going to swap that up a little bit more on that as we go through. But this is two weeks before college football starts, really about 11 days by the time we put this show out. And so we wanted to do some preview stuff, but we didn't want to deep dives into conferences and stuff because look you can find that out there and a matter of fact i'll recommend places you can go go listen to the college football bros they've got a great breakdown on every conference they're pod friends of ours definitely check out their stuff if you want the deep dive what we're here to do is to give you our thoughts on who we expect to win the different divisions of the power five conferences how those will probably turn out when it's all said and done or at least what we think is going to happen and then maybe a surprise team or two to keep an eye on through the conference as we go and then by the end of it we're going to throw out some teams that we expect to be in the playoff conversation. Yeah, I mean, we're really going to take kind of a 30,000-foot view, which I'm excited about. You know, sometimes we get a little too deep. You know, Jay, it's it's good to be back to football is all I can say. I'm ready for Miami and Florida to kick off. I know, and hey, look, that Week Zero game, Arizona at Hawaii, I'm staying up to watch that. I'm all over some of that. It's some of the better Week Zero games we've gotten. So, uh, you know, I don't even know if you can call it Week Zero. It's more like Week point five or something. So I, I'm pumped, too, that we get Miami and Florida, and then we get uh, Arizona-Hawaii. Uh, but before we get to that, man, we got to go through the conferences. And I'm with you. I'm ready for football, man. But down in the south where we live, it does not feel like football weather dude it was like 107 heat index where i live today yeah i think it topped 113 heat index down here in uh the deep south in alabama it's completely miserable it'll be miserable for the first few weeks but hopefully by the end of september we'll get that fall weather and it'll feel like football that's what i'm hoping for too so man what do you say let's dive in let's start with the conference that currently holds the big giant pen holder, the national championship, let's go to the Atlantic Coast Conference, the ACC, and I want to hear from you. Who do you expect to come out on top of the ACC Atlantic and Coastal Divisions? Well, uh, let's be honest. At this point, the ACC really is a one-team race. I mean, I, I, somebody asked me the other day, who's the second best team in the ACC? And I sat there and I thought about it, and I kicked around a few ideas. But Jay, it's not close. The Atlantic, there is nobody who can touch the defending champion Clemson Tigers. They're returning pretty much that entire offense. Yes, they're losing a bunch of those defensive linemen to the NFL, but they've been recruiting at a high, high level. So you should expect for maybe a small drop off, but the talent is there to keep keep it rolling. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, dude. They might drop off on the defense a little bit, but the core of that offense is coming back, particularly Trevor Lawrence, their humongous quarterback, Travis Etienne, probably the unsung hero of that offense on the running back side, those receivers. They got a good bit of the line back. 
I mean, if the defense takes a few games to come along, so what? I, I think Clemson's going to be into the outscoring business, people. I'm with you. Atlantic Division, man, there's nobody that's going to be able to touch Clemson much, except maybe Syracuse. They've given them trouble the last couple of years. That's a game to maybe circle. But I don't think Syracuse could run the table and win that division either. Look, we know Wake Forest ain't going to do it. NC State's okay. Louisville's horrible. Uh, Florida State, until proven otherwise, is most assuredly not back. And then Boston College is always kind of mediocre. They got a, they got a pretty easy side of their division. I think Clemson wins the Atlantic as well. What about the Coastal? You know, the the Coastal, I really went back and forth on this, but I, I've settled on Miami, and I'll tell you why. Manny Diaz, two years ago, had that defense at a high, high level. They had the turnover chain. They were forcing turnovers. They were scoring points, off turnovers. They were rocking and rolling. Everybody said Miami's back. And then last year happened, and Miami ain't back. But I do like Manny Diaz. I think he's a great defensive-minded coach. I'd like to see what he does. They have some talent in South Beach. And in a coastal division that's going to be kind of topsy-turvy, I think you could put a couple of teams, probably four of them together, and throw darts. And just whatever you land on, you pick them to win. Um, I, I think that defense gonna, is going to be improved. I don't think they're going to be quite as good as they were two years ago, but they'll be better than last year. So i like them to win that division. You know, man, that's not a terrible pick. Honestly, I just have a trouble trusting what I think Miami's actually going to be able to do. I mean, look, defensively, they'll probably still be good, but offensively, they were awful last year. And now they're going with a redshirt freshman over a couple other guys at quarterback, one that's got experience, one that's a highly touted recruit. And look, they got to run their program how they want to. I just don't think they're going to be able to settle in in a year. I think it's going to take them a year to get things together. I can't trust Miami. I kind of liked Pitt, and I know our friends Matt Presto and Vinny really appreciate that, but until they lost uh, Rashad Weaver, who, who lost the, the season-ending injury, their big D lineman, I was kind of leaning on them to maybe repeat in the Coastal because they were the surprise Coastal winner last year. Can't do it this year, though, that without that. I'm going to tell you the team I'm picking, man, is Virginia Tech, and I want to tell you why. Let me read you this cheesecake schedule that the, the uh, Virginia Tech Hokies play. They open at Boston College. Old Dominion comes to town. Furman. Then they get a week off. Then Duke. Then at Miami. Then Rhode Island, North Carolina, off. They go at Notre Dame, Wake, at Georgia Tech, Pitt, and then at Virginia. Now, they're out of conference stuff. Look, that ain't going to be easy, Notre Dame and stuff like that, but they can handle the rest of that, dude, and that is some cheese. I think they get all the hard games at home except having to go to Miami. Going to UVA is not a tough thing. I'm going with Virginia Tech to win the Coastal this year and probably be at like a clip of like eight and four to get it done, man. But I think they win the Coastal and they're going to wind up playing Clemson here in Charlotte for the ACC championship. Well, you know, Jay, I'll just leave you with this thought. I I think eight and four is probably the number for whoever wins that division. So, so I can definitely see that. But you know, you bring up their schedule. Didn't they lose to Old Dominion last year? Yeah, they did. Old Dominion's quarterback throw like five hundred yards on them. Yes, he did. Yes, he Bud did. Bud Foster's defense isn't what it used to be. I'm not sure what's happened in this transition. Fuentes has had the offense going. It, it seems like it'll go and then it'll stop, and it'll go and it'll stop. The defense, they can't be worse than they were last year. Uh, I'm just not sure that that defense is going to be good enough to win that division. I, I don't know, man. I, against what they're going up against, I just don't trust anybody else. I mean, Georgia Tech's in a total rebuild. 
Uh, I told you what I thought about Matt. Miami's probably the only other option. I mean, UNC's not going to get it done. Duke ain't going to get it done. Uh, and I just don't trust UVA. I'm sorry. I just don't. Not, not on a football field and especially with a three point shot and no time left on the clock. You know, unless the refs can hand it to them, they can't do Jack and Cavalier country as far as I'm concerned. So I, I'm not, I'm not trusting UVA. I'm going to take the Hokies. So we got Clemson and Miami on your end. I got Clemson, Virginia Tech. I think it's a pretty good guess. I don't really have to be a mind reader. We're both picking Clemson to win the ACC, right? That's kind of our thoughts. That's what we expect. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, let's be honest. Clemson doesn't have a meaningful game before December. Uh, they can ease that defense in and they'll run rough shot over that conference. They'll win every game by 20 points. That offense will be a juggernaut. And, and the real question is, who does Clemson, you know, end up playing in, in December? Well, and that may be the case. I do think they get a couple of tests along the way. We may talk about them on upcoming breakdowns, but I don't think it's something they can't pass necessarily. Maybe they don't go unscathed, but I think they're winning it. Now, I want to hear from you, though. You got a surprise team in the ACC or maybe a team that we're overlooking that could get in the mix or at least mess up somebody else's day? Well, I feel like Boston College has really been coming along. Uh, um their defense was fantastic last year and really has been the last few years. And I feel like at the end of last year, they started putting it together on the offensive side of the ball. So I think Boston College could make some noise in that division. I don't, you know, they may be a surprise winner because, like I said, I would pick Virginia Tech, Miami, Boston College, and Virginia and put them on a dartboard and just throw a dart and pick one of those to win that division. So I, I think Boston College can uh, definitely have a good year. Man, they need to. Steve Adazio needs to show he's got something on offense. I'm going to still throw my boys at Pitt in there as the maybe surprise team or at least team that can be a monkey wrench over in the Coastal. The defense may not be great now, but I think they're going to come along with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. The offense may take a step forward. I think Pitt's going to be good enough to at least make a bowl game and maybe finish no worse than third or fourth. In the Coastal, they're kind of my surprise team in the ACC, but you said it from the outset, man, so one team conference. So let's move over to a team, you know, a conference is definitely not one team. There's some teams that play some football in the Big Ten, man, and the thing is they can't seem to score points in the playoffs. So it's one, it's to get to the playoff. It's another just to try to actually win some games. You got some coaching you know, changes. Urban Meyer's no longer at Ohio State. Big Ten's going to be a different look this year. And I'm going to start with the Big Ten East here. I still think, even though Meyer's gone, I think Ryan Day's good enough of a coach, and Ohio State is loaded enough that they should be able to repeat as division champs. I really think they're going to be able to do it. Look, I, when Michigan finally gets over the hump against them will be the first time I've seen it because last year was the perfect setup for Michigan to take out Ohio State. And they absolutely fell flat. Not only did they fall flat, they got run in the ground by Ohio State. And that was a top 10 Michigan defense. They got blown off the field. Michigan's offense, I just don't know that they're ever going to evolve and come around on it. I have a hard time believing in it. I think Ohio State's loaded. I think Justin Fields, they, they take the chains off of him early. I like Ohio State in the Big Ten East. You know, Jay, I think that's a good pick. And I kind of waffled with this when it went back and forth. Um, Ohio State, State was kind of the easy pick to me, but here's my, my, my opinion on this. Jim Harbaugh has to win this division this year, or he's going to be packing his khakis and going home. Um, <laughs> they got to. Their backs are against the wall. Hopefully year two under Shea Patterson will look a little better. That defense should still be pretty stout, even though they did lose a, a boatload to the NFL 
this has to be their urine for no other reason than just desperation am I picking Michigan. So I think Michigan will be a desperate team, a hungry team. I think they can win that division this year. I will agree with you that I think it comes down to those two to decide that part of the the conference i think they're gonna they're gonna end up duking it out and it'll be that last game that makes the difference but i'm going with the buckeyes you're picking the wolverines man the big 10 west to me is like the acc coastal it's kind of like if you could put all those teams on the big prices right wheel and just spin it and see where it stops you might get a different answer every time right and i don't know any of them gonna roll up on a dollar or five cents or 15 but the big 10 west is wide open to me man like it really is the team that i really think that maybe people might I'd even be sleeping on, and I, I would even have called them my sleeper team if I hadn't picked them to win it here, or at least I expect them to win it here. I, I think I was going to be able to get it done. I mean, Nebraska's getting a lot of preseason love, and you know, there's always the Northwestern corner, and then everybody looks at Wisconsin, but I don't think Minnesota, Purdue, Illinois going to get in this thing. I really think Iowa's got the stuff to get it done coming back again. And yeah, they lost those two great tight ends in the first round, which is absolutely unheard of. But you know what? They got offensive line for days. They got running backs and they got Nate Stanley coming back at quarterback. They have a big offense. They got a tough defense. I like Iowa's schedule too, man. Everything sets up really good for them. I'm going with the Hawkeyes in this one, dude. I mean, their toughest road game to me is they got to go to Wisconsin and then go to Nebraska at the end of the season. Otherwise, they get you know they get everybody else at home. They got to go to Michigan, but they've proven they can win there. And again, I don't know that Michigan's that great. I like Iowa over in the Big Ten West. You know, I, I think that's a great pick, Jay. Um, I think you know I, I really struggled with this one. Um, I ended up picking Wisconsin. I think Jonathan Stewart. And, and Paul Chris have to get this, this thing righted. Uh, they haven't had a bad year, but they haven't been what we came to expect from Wisconsin. For several years, Wisconsin owned this division. Um, they had a wee bit of a down year last year, but I fully expect Wisconsin to be able to take command of this division. Um, I think they'll be, their schedule sets up nice. The, the end of their schedule is what really sets up nice. They end with Purdue and Minnesota. Of course, the Minnesota Wisconsin games, my favorite trophy game. You know, the, the big, the big thing for them is they have to go to, um, Columbus, which is going to be a tough game. Um, but I do like what Wisconsin has coming back on offense and defense. And I, I think they'll be able to pull out this division, uh, by a squeaker over Iowa. All right. So you've got Michigan, Wisconsin. I've got Ohio State and Iowa. We got totally different, you know, division winners here. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know which one I would pick between Ohio State. I think Iowa has a good chance in this one. Honestly, it's it's one of those, again, that I expect the Big Ten Championship to be one of the more competitive ones that we see, especially if it works out to be Ohio State and Iowa. I guess I would probably, if I had to make a pick, like I'd probably lean Ohio State, but I won't be surprised at all if Iowa wins this. Like I'm literally split between these two teams as to which one I think could win this conference. Either one of them could win it. You, you know, I was always that sneaky team. They don't do anything that's super flashy or super great, but they always just seem to be there and hang it around. So I, I would be with you. If, if that game does happen, I think it would be a heck of a game. Uh, you know, this would be a rematch to Mich- Michigan and Wisconsin. Um, I, I like to think Wisconsin would have it. I, I think I think the, the, the khaki and the glasses are going to, you know, spend all their energy having to beat that, that team down in Ohio. <laughs> Um, and I think that next week they won't be ready, and I think Wisconsin would blow their doors off. 
All right. So you've got Wisconsin winning it out in the uh, Big Ten Conference. That's, that's pretty good, man. I mean, that, I think we've got two good ones going there. It's time to move next out west to the Big 12. So we don't have divisions. Just everybody going to play each other. What do you think of the Big 12? Who do you expect to be at the top of that thing when it's all said and done? Well, you know, I think there are three teams that I would really kind of lump in there in that top tier. Um, and I went with the team that's been there. I went there the easy way. I think Oklahoma's won something like 12 out of the last 14 yeah, Big ridiculous. 12 championships. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been pretty ridiculous. And yes, they've changed quarterbacks, but Lincoln Riley's still there. Jalen Hurts brings a little bit of a, a different uh, skill set. Um, you know, he has a specific set of skills like Liam Neeson. Um, <laughs> I, I think they can turn those skills, skills loose. I think the power running that Hurts can bring is nothing like anybody in that conference has seen. So I think Oklahoma will end up probably playing Iowa State, uh, in Dallas for the Big 12 championship. Uh, of course, that'll be a rematch because any game you have will be a rematch. Um, so those would be the two teams I would throw in there, and I think Oklahoma will win the the championship. Man, I don't think you're wrong about Oklahoma's dominance and that we can expect them to be right in the mix again. Are they going to have another Heisman Trophy quarterback to be seen? I don't know. Jalen Hurts has a little bit of a different game. But here's the thing. They've got Kennedy Brooks and Trey Sermon in the backfield. they got Charleston Rambo and C.D. Lamb out wide along with a bunch of other dudes. Uh, they got Grant Calcaterra at tight ends, one of the best tight end, like receiving tight ends in the country. They're gonna they're gonna score a load of points. Can Alex Grinch coming in this year make that much of an impact on the defense? We've already seen what he did at Washington State. I mean, his his uh, arrival there changed Mike Leach's teams from being having to score a thousand points a game to where they mainly had to score like fifty five. You know, I mean, he built the defense in Washington State. It's obviously he can build defenses alongside spread offenses. So curious to see if they can get that going. Man, runs don't last forever, though. Um, you know, I, I look at this, and I, I I don't think West Virginia's going to be back up in there. I think that, you know, Neil Brown's a great coach, but that's a new regime change. They lost a lot of players. They're going to have to reset. I really like um, Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. to talk about him in a little bit. I don't know if Matt Rule can get anything going at Baylor. I don't think Les Miles has got anything to do at Kansas. Gary Patterson at TCU, man, I keep waiting for him to do something, and it's just it's not happening. Gundy at Oklahoma State's entertaining, but... Do they have enough to get over the hump? No. Texas and Iowa State, I kind of look at both of them and I go, which one of these teams is ready? And traditionally, you would think like Texas, right? But they got some serious flaws and they got a rough schedule this year. I'm going to tell you, man, I kind of think Iowa State's got a chance not only to be in the Big 12 championship, I think they got a chance to win it, dude. With Brock Purdy running that that offense, Matt Campbell's got a really good staff and a team going on up there. I kind of lean Iowa State to win the Big 12. I, I, I'm not saying Oklahoma's not going to be in it. I think you're right. They probably play each other twice, and maybe they split them. You know, whoever wins the regular season loses the championship game. It's hard to beat anybody twice in a year. But I kind of lean Iowa State in this one, man. That's that's where I'm going on the Big 12. You got a surprise team in the league, though, you think could, could impact the uh, league standings when it's all said and done? I do. I want to rebut you a little bit here. Um, I, you know, Oklahoma – I don't think their defense could be any worse than it was last year. So there True. has to be some improvement just by attrition. And while I think Iowa State will be in that championship game, I think the biggest problem in the middle of their schedule 
they get Oklahoma State at home, they have to go to Norman, and then they get Texas at home. And I know funky things have happen in Ames, Iowa. That's one of my favorite upset picks of all time is, you know, a night game in Ames. But I, I think Oklahoma will be able to keep it rolling. Now, on a surprise team, I'm going to go tell you this. I think, you know, two years ago, Baylor went 1-11. Last year, they made a bowl game and won the bowl game. I think Baylor uh, – in that conference, I think they have some room for improvement. I'm not saying they're going to win 10 games, but I think their schedule sets up nice. Um, I mean, they, they have some very winnable games early on. Uh, their non-conference game is actually a joke. Uh, you know, I don't think Texas Tech's going to be that great. Kansas State's not going to be great. Kansas, is all Les Miles is going to do is be able to eat grass. You know, West Virginia's got a new coach. Holgerson's down at Houston. I think there's so much turmoil and turnover in that conference. I think Baylor has a chance to, you know, maybe win eight or nine games this year. All right. Well, I, I tipped it at the beginning. I think K-State's my surprise team because I think Chris Kleiman coming out of North Dakota State, the the juggernaut he built there in FCS is going to apply that same thing. It's going to take him a couple of years to change over kind of the culture at Kansas State. And, I mean, you know, you can't say you know, the work Bill Snyder did there. There wouldn't be a Kansas State football program if there weren't for him. But it was time for change. He knew that. The administration knew that, and Clemens is just the right kind of change. They got a pretty good opening to the season, man. They opened up with Nickel State and Bowling Green at home. Now, no offense to the MAC teams, they should be able to handle the, the Bowling Green and then Nickel State. They got to go to Mississippi State. That was a pretty good fight last year. We'll see how they do in the, you know in the Southern Heat in the middle of the day down in Starkville. But they go they go to Oklahoma State, but then they get Baylor at home, they get TCU at home, they get Oklahoma at home. They got to go to Kansas, but Kansas is awful. Then they get Texas, West Virginia at the end of the year. Man, you know, they get Texas Tech and then end with Iowa State. They could win seven or eight games, dude, just by playing smart ball. And I think they've got the right kind of coach to play smart ball. So I'm picking K-State as my kind of surprise team or maybe better than you think they will be team out in the Big 12. But let's not kid ourselves. This is Oklahoma, Iowa State, and then maybe like Texas's league, right? Well, I'm not quite ready to say Texas is back. I'll have to watch week two. And I'm afraid the cookie monster might steal their cookies. <laughs> we will see for sure how that goes. That will definitely be one we talk about here on the breakdown. All right, it's time to go out further west, hit the coast, hit the mountains. It's time to talk a little Pac-12, man. And I said before, like you could take the Big Ten West and you sort of Yahtzee shuffle them up or whatever, and you get different answers. I feel the same way about the Pac-12 North, dude. Like and really the Pac-12 South too. I think this is as wide open a conference as we've got this year. Oh, I can I completely agree. I mean, I think there are some really solid teams. Are they playoff worthy? I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out. But I think there are probably you know four, maybe five teams that can actually win this this conference. Not to mention the divisions. Exactly. So let's start in the Pac-12 North. I, you know, look, I think Oregon's going to be a very good football team. I, I don't know that Stanford's ready to get back yet. I think they're in another set of reset. Washington State, I think, is taking a step back. I don't know that Cal's ever going to get the offense together. And I like Juxton Wilcox. And I mean, they're good enough on defense to beat a team they shouldn't throughout the year. I don't know if they can carry the whole thing. But people seem to just be writing off Washington 
for dead. And I don't know why, dude, because they've got a much more manageable schedule this year. Whoever they decide to go in at quarterback, Peterson and his staff have been proven to put the right players in the right places. They're deep at running back. They're really good at defense. They got some young guys who got to step up in the middle of the defense, which is where they've been strong for a couple of years. Man, I like the Huskies. As much as I think the Ducks are building a good program too, I kind of lean Washington in the Pac-12 North, though I think it comes down between the two, but I guess I'd put my hat on expectations to Washington to win the Pac-12 North. You know, Jay, I, I did pick Oregon, and the main difference for me is just the way the schedule's set up. Uh, Washington has to play Oregon and Utah back-to-back. I think those are two very solid teams. I'm not sure they can win both those games. And, you know, I guess I'm just putting my faith in Mario Cristobal. Maybe it's foolish not to trust Washington because I think they've done a fabulous job building a consistent program up there. Uh, I just see them maybe – I don't even know they'll take a step back. I think they just lose one extra game, and Oregon kind of wins the tiebreaker on that by winning that game in Seattle. You know, the difference for me in those two teams is last year Washington had to play the SEC team early in the year and then had to recover from it all year after playing Auburn. Oregon gets that this year, and then they got to go back and play the slate. Washington's got a much easier schedule. That was the difference for me. I think, I think Oregon will, will, you know, take a, take a good bit of body blows, whether they win or lose that game against Auburn either way. And, and you watched it almost won it too, but it took a lot out of them for weeks. You could tell. And I think that's the difference. Washington doesn't have that, that kind of out of conference opponent this year. So that was the difference for me. What about the PAC 12 South though, man? Like all the media coverage seems to be on Kyle Whittingham and Utah, but is there anybody else you think maybe could get that done in the South? I think there's probably one other team. But I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I, I like Kyle Whittingham. I like the program he's built. I mean, look, let's face it. Whenever you play Utah in a game, it's going to be a physical knockdown, drag-out fight. What you like to refer to, my friend, is a rock fight in a ditch. Mm-hmm. That's what you get when you play Utah. And there aren't too many teams that like to play that. Their schedule's very easy outside of their one crossover game with Washington. Um, I like Utah and Kyle Whittingham to win this division. You know, man, I, I'm going to tell you, that's a great pick. And you're right. When you play Utah, you're about to get hit in the face because they play serious defense. The problem for me is even when they've got a good quarterback, their offense just seems to take a nap or completely go to sleep at least three to four games a year where they just come out and they're like, we're going to win with punts and field goals and defense. <laughs> and I don't know that you can do that, man, in the Pac-12 South when you got Chip Kelly and Graham Harrell running, you know, spread wide open stuff at you from the California teams. And then you got, you got Noel Mazzoni and Kevin Sumlin running their stuff with Khalil Tate coming at you. And you got whatever, you know, Herm Edwards is doing at Arizona State. I think Mel Tucker's Colorado team is going to take a couple of years to get back around. But look, LaVisca Chenault is no joke at wide receiver out there either. So you got to deal with that. Utah's great defense, man, but eventually you got to be able to score points. And that's why, I don't know, there seems to be so much attention on them that I just said, you know what, I'm just going to make myself look and see, is there anybody else I could really trust? And the only other one that I could really put any credence that I think has a serious shot at taking them out in the South is the Arizona State. Sun Devils. I really think Herm's got something good going there. They got a good system. The players seem to be bought in. He's got great assistance going again. I'm going to pick Arizona State or at least, you know, put my hat toward Arizona State that I think they could win the Pac 12 South and represent. But I want to tell you right now, I don't think it matters, Alan. I think there's three or four teams in the North that could beat every team in the South. 
You know, you may be right on there, and you're dead on about Utah's offense. Uh, the reason I picked Utah over Arizona State came to that game's in Provo, Utah. Um, you know, I, I like the Utes at home. That, that's usually a pretty tough place to play. But I, I agree with you. I think whoever wins the North wins this thing and has a pretty decent shot at going to the playoff. The thing about the playoff, man, they're going to have to go undefeated to do it, either one of the teams that we've picked, because Oregon would get an SEC win. That would be big for them. But I think even so, they're going to have to to run the table. I don't know that a one-loss team gets in unless you've got chaos all over college football. But we'll get there when we get there. So we, we both picked something different, though, for the division winners. You've got Oregon, Utah. I've got Washington, Arizona State. I've already tipped my head. I think the North team wins. I, I would expect Washington to win this league. Do you feel the same way you think Oregon wins the uh, the league? I, I do think Oregon will win the league, and I think I think if they beat Auburn, and Auburn has a, a decent season, I, I think they may be able to, to cover from a loss, but it all is so dependent on what else happens down the road through the season. Yeah, there's so much that's going to happen after that game in, in Jerry's world, but we'll get there in a couple weeks. So surprises in the Pac-12. I put my team as a surprise as Southern Cal, USC as a surprise, but in parentheses for a different reason. I think they are going to be truly a team that is going to be fun to watch on offense, and they're going to be a complete disaster everywhere else. I don't think Clay Helton is going to be able to survive this year. Like, I don't wish anybody to lose their job, but – I don't think the dude's going to make it. I think the wheels are already turning against Lynn Swan as AD. There's a lot of turmoil around USC all over the place because you got Aunt Becky paying to get people in school. There's all kinds of chaos, right? And I think Graham Harrell and, and Cliff Kingsbury before him were the right idea. we got to open this thing up with JT Daniels and all these receivers we got. Yes, let's do that. But I don't think it's going to be able to cover the deficiencies they've got everywhere else in that team. I think they're going to get, they're going to, they're going to score some points in some games and they're going to lose them anyway. And it's not going to be enough. In fact, I, I'll, you know, I, if there's one coach in the Power Five that I think may not make it to the end of the season before he's let go, it's Clay Held at USC. So I think USC is going to be a tire fire that is fun to watch, but is indeed going to be a tire fire. You know, Jay, I picked Arizona State as, as my surprise team. I think Arizona State will win 10 games this year. I think their schedule sets up nice. I think they probably, you know, drop the game to Utah and maybe drop an out-of-conference game to Michigan State or lose to Oregon. But I think they have real potential. I think Herm Edwards has that thing going in the right direction. Yeah, you know what I think of her, man. I'm I'm all over it. So, yeah. All right, so it's time to get to the Southeastern Conference and talk about the big, mighty SEC that loaded up again for the playoffs and took it on the chin of the championship game, not to rub salt in the wound, my friend, but there's not many days when you ever see a Nick Saban Alabama team get creamed the way they did in January. And now it's all about how scared everybody else is of Alabama. Are they going to come back and just you know lay us all to waste? Or is Georgia finally going to get over the hump for the first time since 1980, right? Like there's all these things. And then you got teams like LSU changing their offense and you got Mississippi State with a new transfer quarterback and you got Auburn who don't know what their quarterback is, but the defense is supposed to be awesome. And you got Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee doing fun things. You got Florida allegedly being back now with Dan Mullen. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in, in the SEC this year. There, there really is. It should be actually one of the more competitive years in both divisions that we've seen in a long time. I mean, people people think or say that Alabama's maybe taking a step back or there's a chink in the armor. Uh, Georgia may actually have some, some true competition. 
uh, going on in the East. Um, it just seems like everybody got better. It, do, it doesn't seem like there's maybe one or two teams that got worse, but it seems like the majority of the teams in the Southeastern Conference got better over the offseason. Yeah, man, they loaded up on talent like always, and it, you know, it's a loaded conference, you know, coach wise as well. So let's talk about the SEC East first. Georgia's owned this thing the last couple of years. Do they maintain that, you think, or is it time for them to step off the pedestal? You know, I'm not sure that Georgia will have the season they've had the last two years. Uh, they still have Jake Fromm, who's incredibly talented. But, Jay, you know they're only bringing back from wide receivers 23 catches. Wow. 23 catches and two touchdowns is what they're bringing back at wide receiver. Um, that defense should be good, but they lost some talent too. And that defense wasn't quite as good last year as it was the year before. So I think Georgia will still be a force to be reckoned with. I think they'll win the East, but I'm not sure that they'll be in that contention for the playoff as they have been the last two years. Okay, see, I agree with you that I think Georgia is going to repeat in the East. I don't think it's going to be an easy road, and you're right. They lost all that receiving power. But you know what they got? They got a lot of young guys coming in that are looking real sharp in camp. And you know what? The last bunch of receivers, you didn't know who they were either until they stepped on the field. This bunch knows how to spread it around. They promoted from within when Jim Chaney left to go be offensive coordinator at Tennessee. And, and they're, so they're maintaining consistency. Fromm, I think, is a dude not enough people pay attention to. He gets labeled as like advanced game manager, and that's just not fair. That dude can sling it, and he can sling it against real competition. I've seen him do it several times. He'll continue to do it. He's got Swift in the backfield, and they've got enough on defense. And moreover, new coordinator, whatever, Kirby's still calling that defense, and we know he knows how to architect the defense. And Georgia's always been loaded for talent. They got a great schedule set up for him. Dude, I don't even think Georgia repeats in the East. I think they are a threat to win the whole thing outright. They they are a team I would definitely expect to be in the playoff hunt. I think Florida is going to be a tough out for them this year. That is not going to be an easy game. I think Tennessee is going to be tougher than people think. I don't know that Kentucky can maintain what they were last year, and I don't think Vanderbilt and Missouri are going to have anything to say about this. So we agree Georgia in the East, but I think it's going to be competitive, but I really like them more, more than maybe you do. I think they're still going to be in the mix. I do have a question for you. Where in the heck is all this love for Missouri coming? People telling me they're going to win nine games. <laughs> and I'm like, is that the same team I watched last year? You just adding Kelly Bryant who can't throw the ball? Hey, guess what, man? Even if they win nine games, they still can't go to a bowl, so whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe they think they'll be super motivated, and maybe they will, man. Maybe Barry Odom will get them dudes to play. But I look at what's on the field, man, and I don't see that they've got anything that can still compete. Yeah, I think Kelly Bryant's a good good addition and a good stopgap for a year at quarterback in between Drew Locke and whoever's coming next. But they don't have great skill talent anymore. Their defense has really gone back. Like, you go back and look when Missouri made the SEC championship game. Yeah, they had good offenses, but their defenses were fierce. They hadn't been fierce on defense in a while, dude. And I didn't lay it out before, but I'll tell you, I think Georgia's got an X factor nobody else has on that side of the division. Rodrigo Blankenship. I think that dude as a kicker is a weapon in so many ways. I think he's the difference, and I'm with you. I don't think Missouri's all that good. So we both agree Georgia in the East. What about the SEC West? You know, Jay, I've been thinking, you know, Alabama has taken a lot of injuries in fall camp. They were already thin at linebacker. Things just seem to not be going the tide's way. Um, and I look around the division, and LSU's improving. A&M should be better. Um, I have a hard time picking against Alabama. 
unless you know, here here's my thing. LSU has not beaten Alabama since the game of the century. Well, the game of the century was almost a decade ago. Uh, and last year wasn't even close. Alabama laid the smackdown on LSU in Tiger Stadium. I think Alabama's going to repeat. I think Alabama, I think the offense is going to have to carry them this year, but I think that offense with Sarkeesian coming in and going to more of a West Coast system, uh, really working on more of going through progressions, going through a passing tree. Uh, I think that Alabama will have enough on offense to take care of business in that division. Man, it's hard to pick against Alabama. You are exactly right because they've just been so good and so consistent. And moreover, you look at that team. Tua Tungavalo is the best quarterback in the country, you know, and that, and then also in his own conference. All right, he's got the best receiving core in the conference, if not the country. Right. So what if the defense is not great? It's what we said about Clemson, right? So what? The offense is going to be so awesome. The difference is Alabama's got to play teams this year that are not afraid of them. And that's the weirdest thing I've seen in the last three or four years. Alabama's had to finish games against teams, even teams that they've blown out like 50 to 20. They've still had to play four quarters against them because everybody's realized you got to just step up and take a swing at these guys. Every now and then you connect because they've seen people do it. I agree with you. I think it's Alabama's division to lose, but I tell you, if there's going to be a year it would happen, this team reminds me a whole lot of that 2010 team that came off the national championship, loaded on offense, had some questions on defense, maybe a few injuries, but you felt like, yeah, they got it all together. And what happened in 2010, Allen? They just kind of stubbed their toe in the middle of the year, and then they did it again at the end of the year. And then they did it again at the very end of the year. But the, you know, the two losses in the middle of the year were what really took them out of the race, right? And it was for the dumbest reasons. Like, you go back and look at that South Carolina game Alabama lost in 2010. There's no way on earth that team should have, should have lost that game. But they did. And then you watch how LSU beat them that year on, like, a goofy double option play. You know, with Jordan Jefferson running the offense at LSU. I think this looks a whole lot like that to me. And I'm also looking at LSU because I think they're the only other team I can really give any expectation or credence to winning this thing in. Like I'm an Auburn fan, but I'm being realistic. I don't think we got it this year. I think LSU has got a ton of talent. They always do. They all are rally behind that coach. I don't care if he is the goofy cookie monster or not. They love that dude. They'll run through a wall for him. We've seen it. And if they are legitimately opening up that offense, that's going to help Joe Burrow. They got athletes all over the field. I think there's a good chance it's the year LSU could sneak ahead and jump over Alabama and represent them in the, the SEC championship game, represent the SEC West as division winner. So I'm kind of hedging bets because I really think it's LSU or Alabama. I think A&M is going to be good. They got a brutal schedule. I don't think they can get it done. Auburn's kind of the same way. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas. I think one of those teams, if not two, are looking for a coach by the end of the season. I'll just put it out there. I, I think there's going to be some change in, in the bottom part. But I, I, I think LSU and Alabama are the class in the divisions. So I'm going to kind of hedge, hedge the bet a little bit and say it's either or. Well, I'll tell you this. The one reason I couldn't pick LSU, I've been hearing for five, six, seven years, they're going to change the offense. They're going to open up. <laughs> Maybe they are. It's yeah. kind of your take with Michigan. Until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. And I think That's if fair. they do open it up, Joe Burrow can have a fantastic year. He really showed me that he was a solid quarterback last year and that he really has room to grow. But until I see him open it up and get out of that eye formation, I'm not, I'm not buying the Tigers. 
I understand, and I, that is a fair criticism. I'm just saying I think there's reason to believe, and I'm I'm reading it from people that I trust, like Feldman and Mandel, and people that aren't just writing fluff in in sports writer world. I, I kind of I don't know. I'm just starting to lean that way, but I'm also looking at it as Alabama's so loaded, but they got so many questions, and they got injuries mounting up, and. Look, I'm just going to say it, man. I think two is awesome. There's going to be a lot of NFL teams that are tanking that last month to try to get that number one spot for this dude because he is that good. I agree. But he's also the kind of dude that I've seen make huge mistakes when all he needed to do was just check it down. And I'm going to need to see him to take that next step. Now, if he does watch out, Alabama will blow people's doors off, you know, but I'm going to need to see him do it. And I think you can rattle that dude into a mistake. And if it's one or two just here and there, it could be the difference. It may not be, but it could be. Either way, we got SEC West Powers going up against Georgia in the SEC championship. And man, I'm going to tell you, I, the SEC championship has been a great game game for several years in a row. I don't think we're lining up for anything different this year. I think we're going to get a great game in Atlanta in December. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, the the last, what, three or four have been really fantastic games. Uh, you have to kind of go back to when Alabama beat the crap out of Florida where you didn't have a, a game. Jay, you know, in, in this game, I like Alabama to win it on a <laughs> Matt Jones touchdown pass. Wait, wait a minute, what? <laughs> You know, history has a way of repeating itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know about that, my man. I don't know if we're going to get that deep in the weeds. Look, I, 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 I'm sorry. I have to rub some salt in, in yeah. those obnoxious Georgia fans. I know, I know. But I'm going to tell you, man, honestly, I think I think the difference here in this, and I'm going to be honest with you, I think Georgia is going to be the class of the SEC this year either way because I think the West team are going to beat each other up. And by the time they get to this championship game, they're not going to be able to have enough in the tank to get it done. I really like Georgia out of this one. Now, I may be completely wrong, and I reserve the right to change that if you know evidence proves otherwise by midseason. But as of right now, looking at it, I really like Georgia this year. I think it's finally the dog's year to get over the hump. And if they do, man, they're going to get in the playoffs unless they've got like three losses or something, which I don't see on their schedule at all. I think they get it done. I kind of like Georgia to, to get it done this year. No matter what happens in the U.S. side, but I think it's going to be a great game. Now, what about surprise teams in the SEC? I mean, I, I'll tell you mine right now, man. I think it's going to be Tennessee. They're returning like 90 something percent of all their production on defense and offense. And in a second year, and I think the move to Jim Chaney on offense as the offensive coordinator from Georgia is going to be great for them because that guy can be multiple. It can be pro. It can get a lot out of Justin Garantano. I really think Tennessee is going to surprise and maybe upset somebody this year that they shouldn't, kind of like they did last year. <laughs> you, you know, I think that's a great pick. I think Tennessee will make a bowl game this year. I think uh, seven wins is kind of the the benchmark for them. I expect them to get to seven or eight. I think they'll have a great year. You know, Jay, my surprise is for all the wrong reasons. I'm going to take you down to Gainesville, Florida. Um you know, to the gain to the Gainesville Police Department and City Jail, where you can find half of the Florida starters. Oh Listen, man. man, I don't know what's going on with Mullen. I don't understand how Mark Rick has lost control of so many programs. Um, you know, I think Florida has talent. I think they should be good, but it seems like this team is undisciplined and unfocused. And in the SEC, that will get you beat. They have to play Auburn. They have to play LSU. They got to play Georgia every year. Tennessee might be able to get them because you and I both like Tennessee. I mean, there aren't very many easy games. They got a tough opening game against Miami. 
you know, everybody's buying the Florida hype, and I'm not going to say Florida only wins four games. But, Jay, when I saw they were ranked in the top ten, I was like, what? <laughs> I think Florida has a, a middling season. I think they're seven or eight wins at best. Wow. I think it'll be a real disappointment down in Gainesville. I would tell you, man, if Florida finishes less than third in the SEC East, there's going to be people mad in Gainesville, like real mad. Like they want to win the thing, but if they got to finish second behind this loaded Georgia team one more year, I think they'd live with that. But finishing behind like Tennessee or, you know, Kentucky again, if they lose to Kentucky again, dude, you're going to see some mad Gators fans. And it ain't going to be just because they wore them ugly uniform. You know, I, I agree. It just seems like this team – that Mullen doesn't have this team focused, that they're not where they need to be. And it just seems like it's setting up for a letdown. Well, you know, I mean, he's kind of a fast and loose coach himself, and that's how he wants to run his ship, and fine, if that's what you can do, you know. But I'm with you. I don't know if all of them are going to wind up on the police blotter, but they certainly don't have the deal that whatever Florida State has in Tallahassee with the cops, that's for sure. So I'm going to tell you – We've gone through all these, you know, big 12, the big power five conferences or whatever. I, we're not going to go through the group of five ones or whatever, but I wanted to mention a couple of teams out of the group of five that I'm going to keep an eye on because I find them fascinating and fun. And one's from the Mountain West. And I mean, like the serious West of the Mountain West, Hawaii. I love Nick Rolovich. He is a fun follow on Twitter. If you're into college football, you should all follow him right now. Follow Coach Rolovich. But what he's got going on in Hawaii, they've got their swagger back. And I think they're going to be in for a real fun game against that Arizona team. If they can take them out in week one, man, they might get a little momentum and get up to eight or nine wins this year. I like Hawaii out west and, and from from the group of five. And, look, UCF has been on a tear, no doubt. I think Josh Heupel is a top-line coach. I think they take a step back this year. I think it's Memphis and Mike Norvell that are going to be the, the darling team of the group of five that everybody's in love with. Well, to be fair on UCF, Mackenzie Milton probably won't ever play football again, which really kind of uh, hurts her chances of uh, ha- having a great year. You know who I'm excited to play, Jay? And early in the season, you're going to get one of the most fun games there is. I want to see Dana Holberson down in Houston. Mm. They've always been known for wide open and scoring points. Yeah, they can't play defense to save their life. But they play Oklahoma early, and I don't think Houston has any chance of winning that game. But I bet you for a half, you may have a halftime score of 42 to 35. That would be fun to see what he could do at Houston for sure after leaving West Virginia. I only wish Houston was playing Texas this year so we could get another horns down call just because it would be funny. But I think half the other league is going to do that penalty or no. So, yeah, that's a fun one. So, all right, I don't want to like lay out picks of who we think's in the playoffs. I just want to hear list of teams you expect to be on like the real hunt, like who has a real shot at being in the playoff this year. I would say Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Oklahoma, uh, Washington slash Oregon, and maybe Michigan. Yeah, you know what? I, I like every one of those that you land except maybe Michigan because I don't really need to buy them necessarily. I'll put LSU in that pile since I said they could win the West. If they can win the West. And they, if they can win the SEC, they, they're going to get in it too. Again, if they, even if they've only got one loss, they would be the only other one. I, I'll give you my total sleeper though, and I didn't pick them to win their division, but it's not because I don't believe in them. I just don't believe in their offense. Utah could be real nasty and wind up with 11 and one record or something and win the Pac 12 and everybody, they're going to make people tell them to stay home that would be a fun thing to watch utah in the playoff and if nothing more i think it'd be fun to watch utah in the rose bowl yeah that would be interesting to see the Utes in the rose bowl i don't know that they've ever been to the rose bowl since they weren't in the 
the Pac-12 or the Pac-10, whatever you want to call it, for so long. Yeah. You know, it, I think there are maybe, you know, 10 teams that you could circle and say these are the folks who will make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we kind of covered that list. It should be an exciting year. This year seems, you know, everybody seems that we're destined for Alabama Clemson Part 5, my rings outside in uh, <laughs> New Orleans. Uh, I'm not so sure we get that. Yeah. Uh, but that might be good to see a change up for college football. I think so too. And we didn't talk about it. We shouldn't mention Notre Dame. That's a team that made the playoff last year. I don't know that they can repeat that, but I still think they're going to be a quality team too. That's definitely a nine or 10 win team if they can keep things together up in South Bend. Yeah, they have a tough schedule. And that, that what, week three or week four game in Athens? Yeah, they're going to have to come down to Georgia. Tough. Yeah. I imagine it'll be 105 and a heat index of 150 uh, yeah. down in Athens. Yeah, it's going to be a tough tough day on Saturday. But, you know, again, they don't have to win them all, you know, as they've proven. But I think they'll be good, but I don't know that they're going to, you know, really threaten the playoffs again. But I, I'm with you, man. I mean, last year was very much a chalky year in football. And just as a football fan, I'm kind of hoping we get a little bit more fun. Like, I don't need 2007 weird, which is, and by the way, the folks at SB Nation did a great job of chronicling that. If you want to go read that as some preseason fun about every weird thing that happened in 2007, go check it out. But, I don't think we get that wild, but I think we're going to have a very competitive year. As we've laid out, there's so many of these divisions that seem to be up in the air, and that's going to be the fun, man. That's what's so much fun about college football, and if you can't hear my voice, man, I am pumped for it. I am ready for some college football. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for week zero or week .5, whatever you want to call it. I am pumped. I'm sad that my Crimson Tide opened the season against, what is it, FCS? um Raleigh Durham. <laughs> no, you guys actually have to play that basketball school. Unfortunately, yeah. you got to play them in football. So it's Duke. But hey, you know what? David Cutcliffe is a good dude and a good coach. And so, oh, it's nothing against know. him, but it's just kind of a letdown. At least you get to open the season with a, a high-profile game, what should be a fabulous game in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, against Oregon. I'm looking forward to that. We'll get into all of that, though, in the coming weeks, Alan. So this is our two-week-out preview of the college football season, kind of what we expect, some of what we think, how we're leaning on picks. How are we going to do the show this year? What's going to be different about it, you say? I told you it was going to be different from the beginning. Well, instead of, like, Alan and I you're talking about a game like, I was taking on Minnesota this week, and we each break down a piece of it and make a pick, we're splitting that up this year. Alan's going to have a slate of games he wants to talk about when he's on. I'm going to have a slate of games I want to talk about. We're just going to lay them out, give a, a, a pick or an expectation of who he thinks wins. And if the other person wants to weigh in and say something, they can. But we're not going to break them down uh, tandem anymore. We're going to kind of do it individually, put it all together here, and hopefully cover a wider variety of stuff. But the whole point is just talk about a little football with some other football fans. And we want to hear from you, too, folks. We have a Facebook page, The Gridiron Breakdown. If you follow us on Facebook, we'll put discussion threads up. You can check out there. We've even got a thread up right now where we've put up an ESPN college pick'em game where we're just doing straight up picks every week. It's an open league. Anybody wants to come in and join, they can do that. Me, Alan, several of the other gridiron breakdown alums in there. And we're going to have some other folks on throughout the year as well. Cause you know, we talk about college football, but we're both NFL fans too. Our buddies Tyson and Brian are going to weigh in from time to time. The way we're going to do NFL is we're going to check in at the quarter points of the season. So next week, Tyson and Brian are going to come on, throw out some picks for divisions and wild card winners. We'll check in after week four. We'll check in after week eight, after week 12, and then for the playoffs as well. Because NFL, you can kind of break it down into quarters where every week, man, college football can change on a dime. Yeah, I'm really excited about the new format, throwing in the pro. This should be a great year of football. 
Absolutely. It's going to be so much fun. And of course, folks, you can always come back here and find us the gridiron breakdown. If you go to anchor.fm slash gridiron breakdown, you'll see where all of our podcasts are fed to. Please subscribe, leave us a review and share the show on your social media around. We appreciate the support. So until next time for Alan, I'm Jay. You've been listening to the gridiron breakdown. Thank you for listening to the gridiron breakdown. The gridiron breakdown theme is sports time tonight by Phil Gerard, Reed Hayes and Scott P. Share. Tune in next week for more analysis and opinion from our hosts. I ain't saying anybody scared out there. I ain't saying fear. Now y'all scared to ask another question. <laughs>